welcome to the Target Transfer Show. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, I'm joined here with Molly, as usual. Hello. Hello, Molly. And, and today we're going to be talking about common mistakes that heat printers make and how you can make some efficiency improvements to get more out of your heat printer business. last episode of season one as is, well so yeah. for everyone who's tuned in from the beginning thank you very much and well done for making it to the sixth episode and for those of you that have just joined us go back and listen to the rest because they're very good <laughs> <laughs> okay what's the first common mistake, so common mistake. So there's, there's lots of little mistakes that uh, people can make and it's but it's none of them are, are massive and they can all be fixed mm-hmm. most of it comes down to um Sort of going against the rules of heat printing, really. Uh, okay. So yeah. Everything we do is recipe based. We always like to say it's recipe based. What we mean by that is every single product that we offer has a particular time, temperature, and pressure to it when you're applying it. Mm-hmm. So if, no, if you've never used heat press before, it has a giant top heated platen that comes down with pressure um, and applies either heat transfer vinyl, heat transfers, sublimation with it. You could cure DTG printing with it. So lots and lots of things you can do with it. But every single one of those products has a very specific um, application temperature and time to it. So when we are manufacturing the products, be it the vinyl or heat transfers, we use uh, particular pieces in a lot of the uh, transfers of vinyl that get, essentially get unlocked at a certain temperature. And that's what we was. So when we talk about recipes, we mean it's, it's like cooking. You follow the recipe. You're within, cooking a transfer yeah. with a heat press, but, <laughs> essentially. But, yeah, but it's more along the lines of, say, cooking a chicken, where you don't want to go off recipe when it comes to actually the cooking time, the temperature time, because I always say to the customers that come in, you wouldn't cook a chicken at 300 degrees for 10 minutes and uh, expect to have a <laughs> nice chicken. It's going to be raw, it's going to be burnt on the outside, raw on the inside. It's the same for Very heat printing. Very good metaphor. I like that. Yeah, same for heat printing. So, um, Going off recipe is a, is a mistake that a lot of people make, um, mostly trying to get too quick with it. So, Speed and, yeah. yeah, so say for instance, um, uh, one of our ultra color heat transfers, it's 120 degrees for 12 seconds. So uh, it's a low temperature, low and temperature. A really quick fusion. It is time. quick fusion. I mean, 12 seconds is. How can you get quicker than that? <laughs> we, can't, we can't with heat transfers, but a lot of people want to do it for 10 seconds or 8 seconds. Because they've got a mound of work they want to get through, and they think, "Oh yeah, I'll just do it. I'll just put the heat up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. or and um, save a few seconds." Save but it doesn't. It doesn't help you. Um, you're just going to end up with bad results. So yeah. it's not very like you say. It's not. It's not. It's not long at all anyway. So you know, just do it for the correct amount of time, um, and you follow the recipe every single time. You're not going to get stuck that way. No. Um, and if you've got a good heat press. You're going to be fine because it can give you the control over that anyway, so you don't have to worry about too much on that. Brilliant. So, do you want so, to the next one? Yes, no, that's fine. Uh, so, the next one that we're going to talk about is over pressurizing. So, a lot of people will, whether they realize they're doing it or not, I'm not sure. Some people, I think, maybe just don't realize how light the yeah. presses need to be pulled down i think a lot of people think you need to really push them in and that isn't the case it's it's a two or three fingers you should two fingers, to, yeah, two fingers really light. to pull your heat press button down with um and yeah if this uh, pressure is more than it should be on the press 
then that can lead to damaging the transfer. Is it, what's the technicality behind that? Is it that the ink spreads more when it's fused? It's, it's not so much that. I guess you, the worst thing is you're going to crush your T-shirt. Right, So okay. you're going to have that horrible, what we call a press box or bruise box around yeah. it where the platen meets. So and that, sometimes that square won't leave the T-shirt. So you bring the T-shirt, yeah, you, you hand that T-shirt to a customer when it's got a lovely transfer with a box around it. They'll be like, "Yeah, that, that doesn't look good." Especially if it's like a dark garment when it's really noticeable, and you can't get rid of they it. Can, now they can ask for a refund on that. Yeah. So for pressure readout on heat presses, um, majority of the Hotronics heat presses have digital pressure readout. Um, the only press that doesn't is the Max Clam. Um, but they all have adjustable pressure knobs on the top and you just twist it a half turn either way uh, to adjust the pressure. Um, even with the max time, if you have one, even though it doesn't have the digital pressure readout, you can still gauge the pressure by how light or heavy it is to pull down. Uh, like we said, two fingers before, and then that's uh, roughly medium pressure for your transfer. Um, and I'm sure you'll notice if there's a box mark on your t-shirt as well. Um, but yes, so the Auto, the Fusion, and both of the Airs uh, have the digital pressure readout. And the Air Fusions are my favourite because the mm. Air controls the pressure on those, so you don't even have yeah. to worry about adjusting it. The thing to bear in mind is that Hotronics machines are built to work all day. Mm. So we have lots of customers that have the machines, but they're working, their yeah, factories are working 24 hours a day. So it could be three shifts across every single heat press. Yeah. So that means that the heat press has got to last and last and last. Um, so if someone's having to yank that down every single time and put too much pressure on it, you can know that, that person's going to get repetitive strain anyway. Mm. Um, but also you'd be like, well, this, is, this product isn't any good because it's so much hard work. So we make all our machines um, with you know precision engineering so that the machine does all the hard work for you. So that's why the Hotronics machines have the over-center adjustment. So when it comes down, it comes down perfectly through the middle of the press it's been built to do so so you don't have to do any work or like say with the air fusions you literally press two buttons it does it all for you exactly. really nice and easy yes uh, which takes us on to uh, another one that common mistake and it kind of comes back to going off recipe really is just rushing through your stuff not paying attention mm. um if you keep the recipe again you're gonna always get it right if you rush don't pay attention there's only three things you need to pay attention to just time, temperature, and pressure, mm. um, and I guess making sure you pre-pressure your garments. Yeah, um, and the peeling as well. I know Ultramax yeah. is hot, but obviously with screen and standard Ultra is cold, and if yeah. you peel that too soon or leave it too long, that can yeah. damage the transfer as well. So Yeah, and a, and a lot of the mistakes you won't notice at the time as well. So things like if you are rushing through it and you're like, actually, no, I haven't got time to pre-press all my garments, mm. you might not find out until customers washed it a couple of times and then yeah. you know the vinyl might come off because you've not followed the recipe properly that's probably the most common answer i get when i get asked what's the what is the point in pre-pressing oh it works fine when i do it like this the big one we've had as well is handheld presses and irons people asking if they can use those to apply them um of which we te technically it will stick but the longevity of it and the quality of the application isn't the same um and then the the response is oh well that it works fine when i do it and you yeah. think well it might look okay and it might go down but give it six months or a year yeah. of the customer washing it they're not going to come back to you and say oh it's faded they just won't buy again so yeah. that's hindering your business without you even realizing really yeah, exactly so yeah can't show heat presses all the way <laughs> 
so the next one, oh, this leads us nicely into uh, the cheaper heat press machines. Um, so the heat presses, Hotronics heat presses, as you were saying, Andy, have obviously the uh, over-sensor pressure, um, but the heated platen element that runs, it's almost like a snake a heated bit, yeah. through the platen so that there's no cold spots across it at all. Um, we do recommend that you regularly check your heat press platen temperature uh, to make sure that there aren't any cold spots. What's the recommended time for that? Every few months? I suppose it depends on how much you're using. I guess it depends if you're noticing any problems with your pressing. So with yeah, a cheap press, yeah. it could it could be that it goes after a week, it goes up, or it could go after a couple of weeks, or it'll fluctuate a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. it's always if you're using a cheap machine, it's always worth checking quite regularly because. Or if you notice your work's coming back to you, it probably means that's one of the, the problems with that. Mm, yeah, so there's that. Um, there's also the digital readout that Hotronics has that other presses don't, um, in particular the pressure element as well. There's a lot of videos that we've seen of people using other heat presses, um, and you can tell that, that, that you can see the scorch marks yeah. straight away as soon as they come off the press. Um, and I don't really think there's anything that you can do about that with the lower level heat presses really no. um so yeah in terms of if you're thinking of starting a business or expanding a business and upgrading a heat press we would really recommend getting one that is going to grow with you and with your business even if that's um like the max clam that yeah. has the interchangeable patterns and that, that has all of the overset pressure features that you need with a heat press and um, it just means you're not going to run into those problems sort of later on yeah. Is there anything to add on cheaper machines? Um, I'll tell you, just on How the topic of cold spots, really, if you've never used a heat press before, cold spots, what I mean by that is there's parts of the top platen which are at different degree to the rest of the press. So with a really cheap press, what you tend to find is there's a heating element in the middle and it tries to spread a lot of the heat through the rest of the plate on it. But what that means is it might be perfect temperature in the middle of the press, but by the time you get to the outer side, so it's going to be 10 or 20 degrees lower or even just reading 20 30 degrees off entirely for the whole of the press so yeah. we always make sure our machines have no cold spots uh, because of the way we build them um, if you want really want to kind of get nerdy about heat presses and cold spots then there's a really good video that um, josh ellsworth did which you can see on our youtube channel um, which has a comparison between the auto open press and a cheap import press and he literally cuts them in half so you can see what the insides of the press looks like or what should look like versus I love what that video like so it. much. <laughs> so I tell you, if you're thinking about getting a new heat press, that's the one to watch because it really breaks it down for yeah. what to look for in terms of quality press. Even if you're um, sort of shopping around, you're, you can kind of yeah, quickly yeah. and easily see what you should be looking for. So if you head to our Target Transfers at YouTube, which uh, you're either watching the podcast on right yeah. now or it is at target.com, um, it's the Hotronics versus Import title yeah. video. So if you search Hotronics versus Import, you'll be able to find that one on our channel. Yeah. Another uh, mistake we I see a lot of people making, we, we touched upon this quite a bit when uh, Darren from Squeezed Orange was here for the other podcast episode, mm -hmm. is actually just people just giving up. Yes. So uh, one of the things to bear in mind, if you, especially if you're thinking about starting a business, your printing business, is you've got to be prepared to try and break it. Mm. Um, I mean, if you follow the recipe, you shouldn't have to, but it's always worth also not following the recipe on a couple of test items just to see why stuff works like that, to see that we're not just telling you that for the sake of it, 
If you true. want to test the new Ultra Color Max, I did this at Print Run Promotion. We had two machines, one of which was set to Ultra Color Max temp, mm -hmm. one of which was set to standard Ultra temp, which yeah. for those of you that are unaware, standard Ultra is used at 120 degrees and Ultra Color Max is at 145. So I attempted to fuse new Ultra Color Max at 120 degrees. Mm -hmm. Pre-press, fine, put the transfer on, fine. The second I went to hot peel it, half of it came off, yeah. and that was 15 degrees below the recipe. So not that much of a difference versus mm. 120, 160 for ultra and screen. Yeah. But it didn't fuse, it barely fused to the garden yeah. at all. So it just goes to show. Yeah, so for example, like that, if you lower the temp and up the temp and just see what the difference is for, for yourselves, I'd recommend, yeah, having a play with that. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that's the difference that cold spot can make is it's, to stop you confusing that properly yeah um and then the, the not giving up applies a lot to vinyl as well because vinyl is mm -hmm. a little bit trickier because obviously with transfers we do all the hard work in the manufacturing of the logo or design for you but with vinyl you've got to put it through the cutter yourself and you've got to learn how to use it learn where the limits of limitations of the design are how yeah. much fine detail you can get and a lot of people give up after doing like a couple of cuts and oh, i didn't know how i wanted to do and it's probably just because they tried to push it too much but it doesn't matter you can get a lot of detail you just got to be prepared to spend a couple of hours actually okay what can i do how can i achieve this um a lot of one of the things we often tell customers that come in you've got vinyl cutters and they want to know where the limitations lie is actually just do yourself alphabet sheets and but do them in sort of going down in font size so you can start at like 18 and then go all the way down to five six yeah. whatever it may be because that way you cut it in the font you're likely to use, you can see actually, okay, that's too fine. Um, and then at that point, you either order them as transfers, we stop and say, okay, the maximum font size I'm going to do for a job is eight or seven. Yeah. And then you're never going to be disappointed. You're never going to have to ruin loads of vinyl because you keep messing up by going too thin or too fine with it. Because you've done all of your testing before. Done all your testing before. Yeah. So, but the, that all comes down to not giving up and wanting to be curious about how the machines work and where you can push the limits to. Yeah. And that's how you end up with higher quality designs and better looking designs because you've really got to know it in a really intuitive way that way. Definitely. And I think as well, that's what obviously Darren was saying about putting an hour or two aside and saying, right, I'm going to test these two, three meters of vinyl rather than trying it when you've got a customer's order and you're, it's taking you longer to get their design right because yeah. you don't know. It's, it's your, it sounds like a lot of taking a couple of hours out of your day to test a product that has recommended settings. Yeah. But it will save you a lot of time in the long run. Yeah, because there's no way we can know every single font and logo that you're going to try and use. I mean, we'll yeah. make it so that it can go really fine. Um, Some of them are finer than others as well. Obviously, the premium person sports film, that have tacky backs and they're a bit more yeah. durable, you can do that. Whereas something like you say, high bulk that's chunkier, if you try and weave the same amount yeah, of detail with work. that, it will just come straight off. So, yeah, yes, don't give up on your vinyl people. No. <laughs> uh, which leads us nicely into while we're on the topic of vinyl, blunt blades. And mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of questions around people struggling to cut their vinyl after so long. Um, and one of the first things we always get you to check is how old is your blade? Is it sharp enough? Is it cutting properly? Um, again, it comes down to how often you use it as to how often you should change yeah. it. But if you're using it regularly, then every, well, it goes from anything from three, four weeks to every few months really, yeah. doesn't it? But always uh, check your blades. 
is it really in terms of testing is it more when you notice that the lines aren't as sharp the second you notice something's not 100 percent with it you yeah. change it over you soon start to notice is obviously once you try and break it at the beginnings mm. and then you can establish a, a recipe of your own for cutting yeah. and limitations there as soon as you start to see that actually the vinyl is not put coming off the carrier or the letters are kind of joining in with the excess you're trying to take away that probably means it's a bit blunt or you start to notice the shape of the letters are not quite what you expect them to be and that's often a telltale sign as well mm-hmm. um, and then at that point it's just i mean it's really easy just go and get um most vinyl companies like ourselves will offer blade sharpening services for you so you don't have to buy a new blade every time you can just get someone to sharpen it for you is there any difference in quality of that though because obviously the blade will get ever so slightly smaller and smaller each time they sharpen it and they're not massive to start with so how many um i, I couldn't tell you how many times me they can get away with being sharpened but quite a lot of times I mean, go, yeah. it's always worth having a spare one anyway just as best practice so that way i don't know if you're cutting at the weekend and you don't have to wait till monday to get it sharpened you've always got one in reserve that way um but yeah there's lots of options there. so you don't have to keep buying new blades every time that's the main thing yeah cool um, and one other common mistake i'd like to touch on before we go as well which kind of takes us back to um going off recipe slightly but it's the pressure point and mm-hmm. um, of people leaving i know we talk about this all the time but necks, uh, neck seams, sleeves, um, zips, mm. anything like that that's on the press platen yeah. will really affect the pressure of the press. Because if you think about it, there's a raised area above the transfer. So then that plate is being slightly compromised before it can hit the actual transfer. Um, so always making sure that you've got a completely yeah. clean flat surface on your platen, whatever you're fusing on. Um, you can do this with interchangeable lower platens, which all of the Hotronics presses uh, are capable of and have. Um, we have, is it 14 platens now, I believe? I can't see the other day, so, yeah. so there's a lot. Um, or you can use either a foam pad or heat printing pillows, both of which we have available mm-hmm. on our website. So it's not a difficult thing to do. It's just best practice to get into the habit of doing it for, again, quality and longevity purposes of your product and your transfer. Yeah, exactly. So that's the some of the common mistakes. I mean, there's a few others. Um, if you have any questions or you notice something's not quite right, you want to be of help with something, just send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Leave a comment on this video if it's on YouTube and just say, what about this? Can you help with that? And we're, we're always happy to help customer service team in here in Braintree as well that will always um, welcome your um, ideas and wants to to um, stop making bad mistakes that way as well. But so obviously we've covered the negative common mistakes, but now I think it's time to cover more positive things, which is how can I be more efficient? How can I make these incremental gains? Um, which a lot of our most successful customers are coming to us this year, especially since mm-hmm. Christmas. There have been so many people stopped by for a masterclass here and all they want to know is how can I be quicker, faster, more accurate, better, because they're starting to get the work coming back in on, on a high volume and they want to get through it quicker without making mistakes. Yeah. And there's so many different things you can do um, to make efficiency improvements and say five, 10 seconds here. But once you add them all together, you're looking at saving days or even weeks of the year without doing anything to compromise the design or the yeah. actual application process. So we're just going to spend the second half of this episode just talking about little things you can do um, to help you. 
So the first one, again, I'm just going to, it's the last time I'm going to mention it today, <laughs> but it's just follow the recipe. I don't believe you, Andy. Uh, so how many people, um, when they come in and ask them how they apply their products and what they do with the process, and they tell me, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because it's so over-engineering the problem. Um, I think it's partly because there's some, there's some really cheap transfers and buying out there, and you have to compromise your process of actually applying them. So a common mistake we find people making in terms of going up recipe is actually doing second application. When Which it you do not need to you do. Need to do. So, so uh, for instance, I had a, a large, large um, athletics company come in, UK-based one, and they were pre-pressing for 10 seconds. Then they were pressing a transfer for 10 seconds, with that part was correct. And they were pressing again for another 10 seconds once they peeled the transfer. So they're doubling their application time. Yeah. For no gain whatsoever. For no gain. So, um, and this was a you know large company. And what had happened was that where they'd um, inherited a print shop and machines from someone else who'd either moved on or retired, or um, and that was their recipe. That was what they'd been told to do. So even though we were sending a recipe sheet out every single time, saying this is how you apply the the, uh, the transfers, they were just weren't paying attention. They were just fine. This is what we've always done. This is the way we do it. Were they changing the time and temperature of our transfer as well, or just having just, a second? Just the process. Yeah. So right, the, the temperature okay. was fine. So it was going down at 160 degrees because one of our yep. screen transfers. Um, but this, so the, what we, when we had a look at it, it was actually, you know, just need five seconds is ample time for a pre press. It doesn't need to be anything more than that. Um, 10 seconds for the transfer, which is fine. Mm. And then that's it. Put it to the side and peel it cold. But the second application of 10 seconds doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, it's not going to make the transfer last longer because we've already made Done sure it lasts longer. Um, this company, you know, they're, they're fusing tens of thousands, if not more, garments um, a year. And they could be fusing multiple times in each garment. And they're spending 30 seconds each time when they should be spending 15 seconds. So straight away, just by going back and looking at the process and then following the recipe correctly, they've saved themselves a lot of time that way. They've cut their production time down in half. Yeah. So if you can imagine what you do if you had half your time back, you could either double get twice double the amount of orders, <laughs> you could um, you know, do R and D on new products, you can spend more time set doing sales and marketing if your business growing in that way. So everything you do, like again, last last mention is just follow the recipe and you'll be absolutely fine. Don't need to do second hits on high quality products. Brilliant. Um, we have already mentioned the interchangeable patterns as well, but we'll just touch back on it as well because I want to talk about the tag along pattern uh, as we're talking about being efficient. So those of you that haven't heard of or seen the tag along pattern yet, um, it's a new pattern bought out by Hotronics this year? Um, end of last year. End of last year. Um, where you can apply a full front design, full front uh, transfer, and your tagless neck label in the back of your garment at the same time. So you just thread your t-shirt on, pull the neck label through, and you hit them both at once. So again, cutting time in half in terms yeah. of a fusing the transfers, but also swapping the patterns over, um, waiting for them to cool if necessary, that's doubled. So really, really good um, and efficient pattern to consider, especially if you are branding your t-shirts with either your own branding or your customer's branding. 
Um, they are available on our website and they fit all of the 40 by 50 centimeter heat presses. They won't work with the smaller ones purely because the platen is 40 by 50. So you need that top plate for it to come down and hit um, both. But yes, there is plenty of information and some demonstration videos online as well if you want to see more about that. Or book on for a one-to-one class and come and try it for yourself. Because yeah. you have one over there. Yeah, there's and like I said earlier, there's 14 different patterns. So there's something yeah. for every single um, type. So if you're doing left chest, full front, uh, juniors versus adults. Um, That's a big to, one. Yeah, because you want to call it something like hoodie with lots of pockets on the front, yeah. zips. It just means you can isolate that area. You'd be more accurate that way. Which comes back to pressure. Yeah, and it's quicker to get the, the top on and off the press as well, um, which, you know, again, save you seconds yeah. here and there, which will all add up over the course of the year. Mm. I think I forget sometimes because when we do it, we use the big designs yeah because they just look brilliant mm. um but a lot of if you are doing like children's wear and things like that you don't necessarily want the massive platting because it either stretch the shirt yeah. or have the seams on and things like that so yes um, and something you can get for every single platen, which is a, a must-have because one because it's, it makes life so much easier but two because they're so cheap to buy anyway but mm. we always recommend picking a quick slip protector on your platen. so this is yeah. um it's just like a Teflon sheet of sorts, but we call it a quick slip because it means you can quickly slip your T-shirt on and off the platen. And we have these for every single size of platen, but it saves you so much time there. They're about between 40 and 50 pounds. But again, you can save about five, 10 seconds every single time you put a T-shirt or hoodie on to platen. So, um, you know, next time you go to press, and especially if it's like a, a, lar a large shirt and it's going onto your platen, then you often have to like pull it work your what the t-shirt way up the plat bottom platter to get it into place and it could take you 10 20 seconds each single time you put a quick slip on it's got a nice um soft surface the t-shirt just slides on and off um you can manipulate it around the platter slips, on, off, slips on and off <laughs> um you can position it really easily yeah um and it'll say it probably save your actual placement time by half so again you could cut another element of your production time down by half. So we're probably up to like three weeks of time saving at this point mm. when you factor in um, following the recipe correctly and putting a quick slip on. Yeah. Also in terms of um, putting your shirt onto the pattern, we obviously notice a lot of uh, stretching of mm. the garments when you don't use the quick slips as well, yeah. because not only does it take you longer and it's more difficult to put them on or load them on, um, it pulls the the rough surface, not rough surface, but what would you describe the top of the platter? It's, it's, it's like it, a foam, isn't it? Yeah, it's a foam one, but it's because the most efficient way to make your press is to make it with square edges. So it means if you've got like a yeah. nylon or um, a material that's a bit more delicate that could snag on a corner, you can take the, the soft edge off, you can make a soft yeah. edge on it there. So it just... And if you pull the t-shirt, that will then stretch it, which will then damage your own product. Um, yeah, so if you're, again, rushing with it, and you don't have a quick slip, it, ju it just speeds everything up and it just makes sure that it eliminates all of those problems for you. Yeah. And it protects your platen for longer, which for the sake of, like Andy said, 40 yeah. to 50 pounds is a no brainer really because of the uh, dye or fluff excess from the mm. product, uh, the t-shirt, sorry, anything, not that anything would come off the transfers, but um, any like moisture, anything like that, that comes off of the garment onto the platen. So you've got the quick slip on there. The second you take that off, your platen's brand new, so all you have to do is replace yeah. the quick slips, not the platen's when they deteriorate. Exactly, yeah. 
So there's no downtime on your machine when it comes yeah. to cleaning the bottom of it that way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so another great way that you can make uh, efficiency savings is having a threadable heat press. Um, and now this again comes back to pressure um, and not having unnecessary layers or elements to the garment on the platen. So the like neck marks you'd call it if you were to just lay a t-shirt flat down on the platen with the top and the back part of it together you'll get a press mark where the seam hits the back of the shirt yeah um, and even if you could get all of the edges off so it's completely flat you've still got that double layer which affects the pressure yeah. it's just not as isolated and it's not it's not as good so yeah putting a press on a, a caddy or a counter caddy so you yeah not have one that's floor standing or one that goes on top of work again it just makes everything so much easier so combining that with a quick slip and a smaller platen, it means you could just that that t-shirt just glide on and off in a couple of seconds, opposed to like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, it just helps you isolate all the areas, but it also means that if you say, and I say you can't afford to go for one of the top end machines like the Air Fusions, mm -hmm. but you can still turn and auto open because all the Air Fusions have vertical threadability as standard. Yeah. But you can always upgrade your Max or your auto open heat press by popping it onto a caddy and creating incredible area that way as well which is great especially if you've got like really thick hoodies or um if you're doing something where you're going to be doing an application on the front and the back and you just want to spin it around rather than having to take it on and off yeah it just makes again just makes every little second count that way definitely um and another one that um is being really popular this year um we've had lots of questions on instagram facebook about these um our laser alignment system so this is a really big one if you have multiple people working in your business. So let's say, for instance, you own your business, but you might have 5, 10, 30, 50 people doing the application for you, and you don't have time to actually keep an eye on every single one that's being done. You might have Saturday staff, summer staff, um, and you want to be able to maintain accuracy and control. As have a lot of customers are, especially ones that are doing sports where they're like, okay, I want to make sure every single football top has this, the A5 sponsorship area or the logo in the same spot. So if the team's lined up together, it doesn't look weird. They don't look one okay. by the one by the neck, one by the belly. Um, they want to make sure the exact the same all the way across. So um, if you've not got a dual air fusion which has lasers as standard, you can just get a laser alignment system. And what it does is it's got four lasers on it. Put it next to your press and you shine it down onto the bottom platen and create a, a, a grid or a square. And you can manipulate them as much as you want to and you just make a little box so that means that whenever someone puts a t-shirt on there then they then put the transfer or the vinyl inside the box and line it up that way and it's going to be in the same place every single time on every single t-shirt hoodie sports shows you whatever it may be bag who knows but they'll all be in exactly the same place every single time so you've got consistency of product and that's what helps you stand out from being a a good company to a, a great printer um, so that's one that's a really big hit um, and they're really easy to get started with. Um, they don't, don't take much. It's just a case of, because everyone gets a, a, like a guide that comes with it. So you can see common placings, but you can always draw on your own onto this um, cardboard guide that comes with it. that's foldable. Um, so that's a really great way of just create, creating a little bit more efficiency from an accuracy point of view. Um, but again, it's going to save you time because you've not got people um, measuring down from the seams and in from the, uh, the sleeves every time. So they just have to literally pick up a transfer, put it on. So you, your actual placement time has probably gone from 20 seconds to 
one second. Mm. So again, you're going to save so much time. If you're doing lots of volume, um, it's a real game changer that way. Yeah. Brilliant. Is there anything else efficiency-wise you want to cover before we wrap up? I think that's it for today. Um, We've got a a video planned for YouTube in a couple of weeks' time where we're going to be doing a live demonstration of how to use all of these products as well, which I'd highly encourage everyone to keep an eye out for. Um, But if you've got any questions about efficiency or think there's something you think that you could do quicker or you wish you could do quicker, uh, do send us a message or leave us a comment. Um, We can look into it make a bring it up on a future episode or do a little video yeah. on it and show you just how to achieve some more efficiencies that way. There might be a product ready to solve your issue as well, because we've only mentioned yeah. a few today. We have a lot exactly, more, yeah. so there might be something ready and waiting uh, that we can just point you in the right direction. So definitely yeah. get in touch if you need any help. Um, make sure you like and subscribe the Target Transfers podcast. Thank you very much to everyone who has tuned in for the first season. We, will be, we have a bonus episode coming mm-hmm. in a week or two. So stay tuned for that. And then season two will be kicking off with a very exciting episode, which I'm not going to tell you about. I'm going to make you tune in and listen. Um, But that will be coming very soon as well. So yes, like, subscribe and share our podcast and make sure you're following us on socials to be the first to know when new episodes are released. Thanks, Molly. And thank you for listening. Bye, guys. I so.